Welcome to the For Fox Sake podcast, by the fans, for the fans. With all the news, views and discussion from two lifelong Leicester City supporters. It's your show, so get in contact, make yourselves heard, what's your opinion? The only Leicester City podcast that's by the fans, for the fans. This is For Fox Sake. Hello and welcome to For Fox Sake. My name is Pete Selby and we're in the bowels of the King Power with a light actually that's flickering really badly so it's a bit like a strobe. Um, And I'm with Rob Hayes. Hello Rob, Merry Christmas and all that. Merry Christmas. I'm very happy to be in this, it kind of looks like an underground rave really except the fact that we're all coated up um, because it's far too windy outside. It's just before the the Leicester-Cardiff game on the 29th of December. Uh, And I just want to start by saying thank you to everybody that got in touch regarding our Christmas special. Uh, Thanks mainly to those of you that actually listened to it and decided to make positive or constructive contributions. Uh, But Pete, you've got a a fairly hefty list of people that, that didn't quite understand what we were trying to do. Yes, um, I decided to tweet out, as I said I would do, the squad. And we got some interesting replies. First of all, the first reply was from a Mr. Steve Walsh himself, who didn't understand why Muzzy wasn't there. And then we kind of got a barrage of tweets that ranged from puzzlement to straightforward abuse, uh, which was interesting because we actually put on the squad itself why certain players weren't there, i.e. it was on squad number only, so you can't have two number sixes, which tends to be the uh, the big argument. Why is Muzzy not in there? And um, but people didn't read, and they decided to to reply with abuse rather than read the actual thing that they're um, replying to, which is odd. Uh, here's a here's a few. Um, Lee Marlowe, it's an odd way of trying to promote your podcast uh, with a list that LCFC fans are openly mocking. Adrian Bromley, uh, who wrote this? Why is Matty James? Ahead of Muzzy, is it? Uh, Chris Dixon, no drink water, question mark. Chris Jeffrey, no Muzzy or Guppy. Eduardo Badger, if your rules don't let Frank Worthington in, either change the rules or don't bother. Okay. Uh, Lewis Mott, this is obviously a wind-up. Um, there's a guy called uh, is Vardy-esque, who I think many people actually will follow on Twitter, because he's got um, a fair I think, a fair thousand, well, must be a good 5,000 or so followers. Um Muzzy Heskey, Mares, Worthington, Weller, and a big list of players who weren't in the squad, all missing. Don't care about the format. This is woeful. So he's decided to answer his own kind of question. You know, why are these players not there? But I don't care that the format doesn't allow it. Uh, you need better people on, which I replied. I've been saying that for years. So that was very interesting. And obviously, this is all around Christmas as well. Just before Christmas, I was amazed. I thought people would, A, read the rules of the squad. We didn't create the 25 best players because that's quite simple. 25 best players, for me, I think 22 of them pretty much picked themselves and you're arguing over three places. This created a lot of interest. There was granted uh, uh, some responders saying, oh, this is great, really enjoying this. Um, But uh, but there we go. Also, Martin Sumner, who's a a regular contributor as well, he says, will there be a follow-up worst 25? Great idea. Great idea, Martin. Uh, yeah, 
it was supposed to be a bit of fun. We had a lot of fun doing it. I've actually had quite a lot of fun reading the the Twitter page as well. Season oh, of I have, yeah. Season of Goodwill and all that. But Martin, yours is an excellent idea for some other milestone possibly later on this year. Maybe an end of season thing or maybe something to keep things ticking over in the summer possibly because um, we simply don't get time to do these fun things every single week because there's so much football happening, which we will talk about in a moment because the football has gone relatively well since the last podcast. But uh, our next job for you at home listening and for us ourselves was to pick a starting 11 from this 25, which let me remind you again, if you're listening for the first time, it's not the best 25 players ever to play for Leicester. It is the, It is pretty much the best players to wear each of the individual shirts, probably. In yeah. our opinion, so, although if you think we should get other people on the podcast, then tough because it's our podcast. I mean, this is all coming on the back of the guy who said, I hope you fail in response to episode 103. But um, yeah, so once again, it's the best player to have won number one, the best player to have won number two, so on until number 25. Um, and now we've created our teams. You can see my team, so I'm going to hide that from you. Okay, so um, we've got plenty of response. Uh, there was a number of people with roughly the same idea um the one person i will say marky mark who replied i'm i am in agreement with his formation and virtually with his side um and i'll tell you the differences between the two so we'll start with the goalkeeper now the goalkeepers in the squad were gordon banks wearing one number 12 peter shilton and number 13 casey keller big casey (laughs) so it's going to be out of Shilton and Banks. Rob Hayes? Can I just make it clear that we haven't actually corresponded about these no. starting 11s? We've done them completely separately and come to the game today to discuss them in front of this microphone with everybody else. Um, but the, I've picked Gordon Banks as the goalkeeper because Banks and Shilton both wore one. And during the podcast, we decided that Banks was a worthier winner of the number one shirt. So therefore, surely he has to start. Yeah, for me, I agree. It's uh, quite a quite an easy one. I think Gordon Banks is uh, in goal now. What formation have you gone with, Rob? Three, four, three. So have I, and so has uh, Marky Mark. Um, so has Dave Smith, um, and so has Lewis as well. They've all kind of roughly gone with the same way because again, we're picking from that squad itself. Now, you go with your back three. Back three of Graham Cross, Matt Elliott and Steve Walsh. Now, my back three are Steve Walsh, Matt Elliott. Now, the interesting thing is Cross and Smith, okay, they both played in midfield, they both played in defence um, and in, in fact, actually both of them played further forward as well in their career. So I've got kind of a, a, a bit of an arrow between the two. So I've got Smith in there. Now, have you got Cross in your team? Yeah, Cross is in my back three. You mean have I got Smith? Oh, sorry, yeah, you got Smith. Yeah. Right, so... (laughs) Probably in the same place that you've put Graham Cross. (laughs) Okay, that's fine, that's fine, because I think we're working off the same, uh, singing off the same hymn sheet here. So, okay, so those three are in the back line with a a cross between Smith, line, forward slash cross. Okay, so your midfield four are... Uh, Number seven, Davey Gibson, down the right-hand side. Central midfield, Angolo Kante and Esteban Cambiasso. And then on the left wing, the interchangeable Sepp Smith slash Graham Cross combination. Interesting. See, I've gone with Stringfellow as an out-and-out winger on the left. Uh, I've got uh, the midfield two of 
Gibson, silky, skillful Gibson, and N'Golo Kante, with Cross then being on the left of that side. Oh, 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 sorry, on the uh, on the right, but it's kind of a tucked-in kind of right-hand side. So we've both got Gibson, so he's in. Uh, we've both gone with well, Cross and Smith kind of combination. So again, that. So we need two more. You've got Cambiasso. I've got Kante. No, I've got Kante as well. Have we've you both got Kante? Yeah. What was yours again? The, on, the only difference between us is you've picked Stringfellow and I've picked Cambiasso. Oh, okay. Right, so yours is quite a narrow side. Because you've got Gibson as a winger. So we've got Stringfellow or Cambiasso. Well, I put. I, I know that we strictly weren't making a bench, but when I was thinking about this, I thought, right, who would be on my bench? And Stringfellow, I thought I'd have him on the bench to come on, uh, to come on if he needed to make an impact rather than that. And I just genuinely think that Esteban Cambiasso is right up there in probably, in terms of genuine ability at football, forget what impact they had on the club, forget how many appearances they made, forget everything. In terms of genuine uh, genuine ability at football, I think Cambiasso is up there in the top three or top five players that have ever worn a Leicester shirt. I agree. This time, though, I'm going to really kind of like bang bang the uh, the drum for Stringfellow. Just because of the balance of the side, I'm looking at winger Stringfellow. Gibson, skillful midfielder, Kante holding the midfield, and Cross kind of an all-rounder. I think having Cambiasso in there would be too... Cambiasso and Kante, it sounds really good, but I, I don't know, it's, it's, it's awkward. I'll tell you what, we'll go with a forward three. We'll come back to the midfield. Um, now, my forward three are probably the ones that you've got as well. Um, how about this? Lineker, Rowley, and Vardy. Agreed. Now, that's the same as a number of other people, uh, uh, Dave Smith, I mentioned Lewis, and Marky Mark. They all had uh, those three forwards. We're arguing over the midfield. Um, this, this is quite interesting, the fact that we've got 25 players on this list, 11 to select, and 10 of them we've agreed on. Having done this completely independently, completely separately, and haven't heard each other's until we've literally just said them just now. True. But again, in, in, in the case of having a 25-man squad of the best players of all time, regardless of number, it's quite easy to pick 22 of them. Looking at the, the squad that we created, you, you're ruling <laughs> yeah. out a few here. Wilfred and DD, say, Knockhart, Dickoff, Ujoa, Lawrence, Marshall, Pryor, James. Uh, Maguire was mentioned by a few. Uh, like Keller's not going to get in there, is he? Um, all the way down, you know, Danny Simpson and Frank Sinclair. We're not there. There's a few people questioning those <laughs> inclusions. Why was Frank Sinclair there ahead of so and so and all Why this? Why would you not have Frank Sinclair? Come on. Yeah, and no, no, I just said listen to the podcast. You, you'll know. But uh, but there we go. So we're we're squabbling over Mike Stringfellow or Esteban Cambiasso. That's why we do these squads. That's why we do these things and and make it difficult to choose from. Because if it was easy, if it, if it wasn't, um, I tell you what, we'll come back to it at the we'll, at the end of the game because we'll talk about what's happened on the pitch. Uh, now regarding the previous two results and look forward to the game we'll be seeing in in a few minutes and then at the end of the podcast we'll have a quick review of the game against Cardiff and we'll also then make that selection in midfield agreed we'll have, we'll have a think about it <laughs> get some food in me and I might change my mind oh my word I'm so quite anyway, hungry I'm quite hungry angry well I've just been I've been in the uh, the press room and, and a few people were talking to me about um about Leicester and and and, and the results that they've had They've gone and won at Chelsea. They've gone and won two one at home against Man City. Fantastic results, and they were saying about Puel and is it now Puel in and all that sort of thing. And I just turned around and said, "Well, for me, 
it's all it, it puts into context the the results we've had at home where we've been very disappointing. Four wins at home prior to the game against Man City, disappointing in that mid-table area, and having these results. For me, doesn't vindicate people who say Puelin. And again, and as a podcast, we are very kind of on the fence. Really, we're not we're not Puelin uh, Puel in or Puel out. But for me, it 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 really does highlight the fact that we should have had more points than we've had now. We should clearly be that seventh or sixth in the league. And those wins that we've just had are fantastic and great. That it's moving forward and they look really good. And I am. I hate people who, even if they want a manager to change, who say, oh, I want Leicester to lose, so the manager goes, what a terrible thing to say. But, for me, it really does highlight the poor performances we've had, even though it's great to enjoy these wins. I think there's two things that have, that will interest me over the coming weeks and months, really, is, are these results based on the formation change to the 4-3-3, three central midfielders, which is happened very recently and is a direct correlation between that and the results or is it simply the fact that Claude Puel's style of football doesn't work against teams we're supposed to beat we are uh, is it a case that Leicester City as we have been historically uh, and as we have been in our most recent and most successful seasons are we better off not having so much of the ball because let's be honest before Today, if you haven't had the last two results against Chelsea and Man City, you'd come to this game against Cardiff thinking, we should be bossing this game. But you'd always have in the back of your mind, will we be able to? Because are these players capable in this system of playing that style of football that means that they can dominate a game to the point where they score loads of goals? And the answer is, the answer is no, based on all the results we've had this season, based on the fact that we're so up and down. So does this 4-3-3 with the counter-attacking style... Is it time for Club World to admit defeat a little bit in the possession-based thing and say, look how angry, not angry, how desperate he was on the touchline for Leicester to get the ball forward with the first pass quicker against Chelsea and Man City. And as they started to gain the confidence to do that in the second half, it was had so much more impact. So are we going to see a change in style that could then cause us to get the most out of this, out of the potential that we see in this team? For me, it's all down to personnel. You play with the defensive midfielders or more combative midfielders that we've had. That works in a in a way of then launching counter-attacks with our forward three players. I don't think you can have Mendy and Didi and Chowdhury in a side that wants to keep possession. Because as much as they might do against lesser opposition to a, to a point, they're not really going to do that against teams who are similar or better because they are simply not that sort of player. For me, you need to change those midfielders um, to then have a more possession-based game. That said, you're then losing the ability of counter-attacking, which we've seen to great effects at Leicester over a number of years. A lot of people liked it. Uh, just a few uh, three-word reviews. Uh, Blue Army Sweden, Foxy's never quits. Um, Hazip Patel was uh, unchanged, gets wins. Uh, Packer Ken, Puel in forever. David Lusby, nobody expected that. Ant Dickens, uh, City outclasses City, which is good. And um, for me, again, the question is, what does he do today? You can't go and win against Chelsea and against Man City at home. As much as that's great, that's fantastic. In, it, in a sense, those two results are some of the best back-to-back results City have probably ever had in the league ever, okay, in terms of two results on their own, okay? But when you're then playing at home against Cardiff, if they don't get three points today, 
it will nullify a lot of what has happened recently in terms of fans coming back on side with Puel and also in terms of points on the board and how the table looks. It's a very interesting situation. For me, it's down to personnel. If you want to start playing more possession-based football, you need the players in there who can do it. And if he plays the same formation and the same team, I don't think they will be able to do that against the better teams. They might get away with it against Cardiff, but for me, I think they'll make changes anyway due to personnel. Uh, we'll find out the team shortly anyway, and, and by the time you listen to this, it's the game will be over. But it, it's an interesting balance with Claude. I'm under no illusion again that he won't be here at the end of the season, but maybe this is the thing that's happened. Maybe there has been, what I suspect, a huge Barney at the club. And I spoke to a few guys in the press room earlier, and again, they were kind of saying roughly the same sort of thing, maybe not in the, the blunt terms of having a Barney. But I think there's been a bit of a... Not a fallout, but a bit of a shout amongst the players and the management. Right, let, let's let's go with this. Let's let's try this. Or we want to be doing this more. And, and, and Claude's sort of half-caved in and the players have half-caved in as well. And everyone... I don't think anyone dislikes Claude. He's a very likeable guy. But it's an interesting situation with City. You know, which way do they go? They're on a knife edge. Do they go one way or the other? Ultimately, if you look at the the league table... Right now, as it is before Leicester Cardiff, as, we, as we're talking right now, it's 19 games in. It's bang on halfway in the Premier League season. It's seventh place. It's four points off sixth. It's exactly where you'd say you would be more than happy with being at the end of the 38th game. You, you look like you wanted to interject there. Yeah, I know. I was just saying we're one point better than we were last season in, in this exact, exact position. Again, I, I, I agree. Should we be higher? Yes. And it's just a case of, with what's happened at the club, which we always have to put into context, you know, we always have to include that in the conversation. It's just that if Claude goes back, for me, if he goes back to the same formation with uh, three players behind a forward and trying to do what we've tried to do all season and last season, then it's not worked to a point. It seems like the last two games are a bit of a loss. Do you know what I mean? It, you, you try, you change against the big teams, fine. But when you play Cardiff at home, go with the same style, but just change the personnel. Because if you tell... I mean, I know Silver's completely out of the question, really. He's out of favour. But if you try and tell those three midfielders who have been playing, who have played very well, again, because of the, the, the amount of games recently, they're, they're going to be changing te the teams around and this, that and the other. But for me, if you try and ch tell them, oh, by the way, you've got to keep the ball, knock it around, they can't do that. Mendy can keep the ball and, and pass it to an extent. And Didi's passing has, again, been poor. I think he's been like, played very well recently. But um, overall in the season, I think he's he, he's still been disappointing. And Chowdhury is known for his tackling, really, than his, his ball skills. But again, he's a young player and you're asking a lot for that. But it, it'll be, it, it, again, it's just going to be very interesting to see how the players react against a very, very different team. So, a bit of breaking news. Team news is in, Rob. It is. Uh, I thought it was a, a decent time to interject with, with the lineup scene as we were talking about how will we line up. Uh, three changes. One at the back, Soyuncu in, no Morgan in the matchday squad. So, we can presume that that's a, either a Christmas rest or a niggling injury for an ageing man. Yeah, you'd say that's easily a, uh, a just a rest from the squad completely. And you couldn't understand why. Also, how well. 
has Morgan been playing? How well has he been playing? There's a, <laughs> there's a lot of people who want him out of the side for a, quite a number of years, actually. He has been spectacularly good. Yeah, I think we'll miss him today. It'll be interesting. To, I don't think off the top of my head, so Andrew and Maguire have played many minutes together yet. Um, because Maguire was obviously out with that knee injury and that led to Evans coming in and Soyuncu as well. Um, no Evans on the bench either, as uh, either. so it's Simpson and Fuchs are the defensive uh, pair on the bench. So Ricardo's the right-back, Soyuncu, Maguire the centre-backs, Chilwell the left-back, Schmeichel obviously in goal. Um, and then you have got Mendy and Ndidi in the centre of midfield, no Chowdhury. Um, and look, if you're thinking this 4-3-3 rather than the 4-2-3-1 is the way to go forward, but you want one of your three central midfielders to play higher up, that could kind of merge into a 4-2-3-1 and you could have Madison in there because he's in the squad as, as what you'd imagine the central uh, of the three attacking midfielders or Brighton and Gray either side, Vardy up top. It's It could be the 4-3-3 with a positive spin or you could look at it as the 4-2-3-1. I mean, it depends which way you want to look at it, but it shows a certain intent. It's like, we're going to bring the game to you now, Cardiff. We've sat back, we've held on, not held on, but held firm for the opening 45 minutes against City and Chelsea. And then we've started to express ourselves through counter-attacks in the second half. This lineup shows an intent to take the game to Cardiff, as it has to do, because they're 17th in the table. Yeah, it looks like the sort of team that he would have picked before these two results that we've had it's obviously not going to be a 4-3-3. I would imagine uh, you would be pushing players forward. And and maybe he's just gone with the fact that, are we going back to this you know, 4-2-3-1, but because everyone's buoyed by the two results, we, we will be you know on the front foot straight away and the, a renewed skip in our step and you know an extra 10% on the field and all, the, all those other certain football terms that you throw into this sort of thing. But, OK, that's the team he's gone with. There we go. Hopefully you see... Madison very much near to Vardy. And for me, you would need the two wingers, Gray and Albrighton. Albrighton's always going to be slightly more of a winger on, on you know on the touchline. But I would quite like to see Gray again not making Madison so isolated. That was the problem for me. You had the two defensive midfielders and then a huge gap to Madison in the centre of the field, and then another huge gap to, say, Vardy. And Madison, every time he got the ball, there was no one within 15 to 20 yards of him. And there needs to be players getting forward. Indeed, he's crucial for that as well. He needs to be coming out of that, those defensive midfield pairing. As soon as they release the ball forward, he can't just afford to sit there and go, right, I'm going to now sit here and wait for them to get the ball back and, and cover. That's what Mendy's job is. He needs to be getting forward and supporting Madison. So when the ball's out wide... And the ball gets played into the area. There's Ndidi coming in. There's Madison there. Vardy's already in there. And then maybe Albrighton from the other side or vice versa with the other winger. He's crucial in this game, Ndidi. He needs to get forward up and down the field. Because if he can't, then there's players in the midfield who can. And then they'll come in and, and hopefully do that job. I think Gray play, well, is likely to play from the left-hand side. Uh, and if he then naturally drifts in to support Madison, Chilwell is a natural advance down the left-hand side. He loves bombing on. He plays well with Gray. If those two, if they, those three can develop a little triangle down that left-hand side, they could cause Cardiff all sorts of problems, especially if they're... I've not checked the Cardiff lineup, but especially if they start with Lee Peltier. I mean, come on. Former Leicester man playing on the right side of their back five uh, in recent weeks. Um, yeah, I, I, th I think Leicester need to... 
say, all right, we're going to take control of this game, but also stick with the, the, the mantra that they need to move the ball forward as quickly as they did against Chelsea and Man City. Because... You've, even, you've got more of a license in this game to take more risks with possession. Try something because the ball's going to come back to you more often. You're going to have more chances at it. So rather than slow it down and try and build, 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 keep hitting Cardiff. Relentlessly hit them because they will give you the ball back. They're not going to come here and dominate possession. So get the ball, move it forward nice and quickly, take some chances. That's how we're going to score some goals. There we go. If only we had uh, Mike Stringfellow or, or possibly Cambiasso, depending on which one we're going to choose. So, right, so we're going to go, well, you're going to go into the pressure and get some food. I'm going to go upstairs, set the kit up and all this sort of thing in the commentary position. Uh, we'll watch the game and then we'll come back with our thoughts and also who's uh, won the arm wrestling match to decide whether it's going to be Stringfellow or uh, Cambiasso in our best 11 from the best 25. Hashtag only one person per squad number. <laughs> Don't get Mardi. Hey, Rob, imagine what people are going to be like when we publish the first 11 and there's no, well, basically quite a few more known players. The place, they're going to explode. The Twitter sphere will go mad. Well, final whistle has just gone at the King Power and uh, a smash and grab job is how we described it, Rob, on commentary, but... But was it really? Because Leicester had really the golden opportunity of the game with that penalty missed by Madison once again. It didn't really look like it was coming for Cardiff. A wonderful goal by their best player and a player who I described on a number of occasions as the sort of player we're actually missing. Um, your initial thoughts, as you can hear the 3,000 or so from Cardiff making a right racket in the corner, as you would expect. It was a result and probably a performance that we could have predicted because we we said on the in the earlier part of this podcast that that playing in a in a in a situation where you're seeing less of the ball and you're therefore springing counter attacks and playing more positively and with more intensity because you have to are what got us results against Chelsea and Man City coming here today knowing that you would have the lion's share of the possession knowing that you would be the team responsible for creating the opportunities knowing that you would be the team responsible for stretching the game and opening things up um, just doesn't sit well with me anymore with Leicester City it's not something that this current group of players are capable of, of doing simple as that and, and they've proved that here they had a couple of decent chances Yes, Madison should have buried it from the spot. The first question me and you looked at each other as soon as the penalty was given was like, who's going to take it? And that doesn't fill you with any confidence. How are we out of the uh, Carabao Cup because we can't take penalties and now not beating Cardiff? OK, the performance uh, in terms of creating obvious goal-scoring opportunities wasn't great, but ultimately you could have got out of that 1-0 having scored a penalty. But again, a penalty has cost us a massive result. Yeah, I agree as well. It's It's... It's just a real shame because when he went down and got the penalty, Madison, my first thought was, right, Eniacho, who came on to a chorus of boos, not for him, but for obviously the substitution of Jamie Vardy. I've never heard of a, a substitution booed so much when if Vardy was only going to play 70 minutes and that was the plan, which, to be honest, probably was the plan, then 70 minutes gone, he's got taken off for Eniacho. If that's the plan, not got a problem. And I, and I think that's what happened. But... It would have been a good chance for Iniacho, who, remember, off the top of my head, scored two penalties in the run-up to that uh, game against Man City, and he didn't take one in that penalty shootout in the end because he wasn't on the field. 
I thought Iniacho would take it. Um, Madison takes it. It was a better penalty than before, but the goalkeeper went the right way. And it, it's just a real shame. But then again, if he scored that and we won 1-0, then we still would be sitting there going, well, they still didn't play incredibly well. We were kept on saying throughout the game why they've got Mendy and Ndidi in midfield. One of them's dropping back and the other one is not really getting forward. They needed someone like a Silva. They needed someone like an Ibora. They needed someone like a Camarasia. Then the person who scored the goal, not just because of the goal he scored, but they need someone in midfield who can sit with those two, or as one of those two, but when they're playing a team at home, can go forward and dictate play, pass the ball. I know we're asking for a lot from a player. <laughs> Funny enough, Danny Drinkwater fits that mould very, very well. And I know there's we haven't done our transfer um, special yet. That's towards... Uh, New Year, that's towards, well, with the first one of New Year probably we're talking about possible transfers but they can't play those two in midfield if they're looking to dictate the game because none of them are ball playing midfielders. Both are very decent, good Premier League midfielders and there's no, no slight on them. But when Leicester have the ball, there's a huge gap between either Ndidi or Mendy the furthest forward of those two and number 10 James Madison. A massive gap so when he gets the ball, he looks around. If you've either got a winger on one side or a winger on the other side, and Jamie Vardy, there's no one else with him. We can't carry on with this. This has happened so many times. And again, if we scored the penalty and won one nil, I'd be saying the same thing. Yeah, I think Madison, uh, Aaron Goodison did a job on Madison today. Uh, for the most part, the odd time that Madison did get free, he did look like creating something. He put Vardy in behind once in the first half. Um, but he couldn't really shake Gunnarsson off. Gunnarsson, let's be honest, is an international captain who led his unfancied Iceland team to to pretty much glory in, the, in Euro 2016, knocking out England. Um, but if Leicester had a second central midfielder who could cause problems further up the field, which indeed Ian Mendy did not and cannot really do, that would have given Gunnarsson something else to think about. Because... The Cardiff midfield weren't really worried about the Leicester midfield today. It was Gunnarsson versus Madison. And they were happy to let Ndidi and Mendy knock the ball about 5-10 yards between themselves in and around the centre circle because they weren't causing any problems. If Leicester had somebody like... I'm not saying exactly the, 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 the personnel Victor Camarasa, but somebody who is willing to start pulling some strings and move into the opposition's final third to support Madison through that because if you're playing two holding midfielders and then Madison is essentially an attacking midfielder there is there was zero link between them and there hasn't been all season and it is that transition and then and then therefore the lack of quality in the final third because the way Puel plays the the fullbacks get forward they're fullbacks for a reason because they don't quite have the natural ability to play as wingers right so then you're playing wingers who are cutting in inside to join in and a striker in Vardy. One of your wingers is Mark Albrighton, who is hit and miss with his ability, let's be perfectly honest. He scored some great, uh, really important goals in the last couple of weeks, don't get me wrong, and I love his effort, but in terms of quality in the final third, he hasn't quite got it regularly enough. So then you're just looking at Gray, Madison, Vardy. Three players to create and score most of your goals for you. And it, it's just not... It's just not feasible to try and play this system with those kind of personnel and I mean if you could bring in some kind of ball playing central midfielder in January that has to be along with a striker to relieve the pressure that we put on Jamie Vardy 
those two have to be the key areas for me. Yeah, I absolutely completely agree. It's it's no surprise that this set of personnel in a, in, a, in a formation like this and, and also similar formations when you have Chowdhury in there in the 4-3-3 works well against the big boys. It's no surprise. But when they are playing at home and they need to take the game to the opposition, they just can't do it. They can't do it. The, the word on the goal, a fantastic goal. Gazelle, who maybe should have done better with one or two chances, maybe pushed off the ball. We've got a replay in front of us now. Um, he was a bit light, though, pushed off. I, I, I still think it it could have easily been a, a decision the referee could have given, but um, it went back to Chanasea and a camera C and a brilliant goal, absolutely fantastic goal. But but there you go, that's that's the way football is, and uh, and that's the way, for Vox's sake, is until the new year. Well, a win against Chelsea, a win against Man City, and then you lose 1-0 at home against Cardiff. You can't get much more, less than that, can you? Happy New Year. I mean, that's Leicester's New Year gift. Hey, everybody, here's a bit of positive energy around the club. Here's some momentum with two wins against top six teams. Uh, 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 oh, lose 1 0 to Cardiff. There is one thing, though. Who are going to play in midfield in our best 11? I am going to relinquish my yeah. grip. I'm going to let you have it purely because we based most of the decisions on the impact that those players had had in a Leicester shirt uh, and Cambiasso was here for a season at best so I'm, that, for that reason and that reason alone I'm going to let you out was it a uh, string fellow you wanted? Yeah I, I think actually you are right there's two things I'll say one is that if we have a midfield of players who only played one season Cambiasso and N'Golo Kante that would be uh, maybe a bit too much but secondly I think tonight has proved that having too many defensive midfielders is just not good enough. We'll put the uh, first 11 on... You like that, Rob? Uh, we'll put the first 11 on uh, Twitter and on Facebook. And, of course, you can squabble and argue as much as you like about that. Not actually uh, people who listen to the podcast because you're all good folk who, uh, who like to get involved in our little bits and bobs and best 25s and worst 25s and all that sort of thing and also you understand the rules as well but anyway uh, look forward to plenty of abuse for non-listeners that'll be good fun and we will back in the new year with plenty more for fox sake <laughs>